Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Tom Freilich. Tom, are you ready to do this? I'm ready, George. Let's do it. All right, let's let let's go. Tom is the CEO of Freiling Publishing. He's a veteran book publisher. He's a published author himself. He is a member of the John Maxwell team. Excited to have you on. Tom, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, sounds good. Personal life. Well, I'm a husband and a dad. Live in the Washington D.C. area. Although I say Washington D.C., we're a, we're a bit out. We're about 50 miles west of, almost into the mountains. So live in more of a rural community. Uh, moved out here oh about seven years ago to get out of the hustle and bustle and the the mess called Washington D.C. The zoo called Washington D.C. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love to fish and uh, love to camp when I can, and uh, yeah, just have a good time. Nice, I appreciate that. You've been you've been in the book publishing world for for a long time. How did you get started in that? Oh uh, man, I got started by accident. I took a job as a telemarketer for a book publisher. This was back when there were you know maybe twenty or thirty thousand bookstores in the United States, and. I just spent all day getting on the phone with bookstore owners and selling them books, and the rest is history. I've uh, been involved in book publishing in some fashion or form ever since. Telemarketing, so you're just constantly calling on local bookstores, 20 yeah. to 1,000. This is when they took the calls and they looked forward to talking to publishers <laughs> about what's you know what their new releases are and such, and they would buy you know loads of books by telephone. And I miss those days, actually. Those were really fun days in the world of book publishing and book selling. Is is there a right time to look to and say this was the golden age of book publishing, or are we there now? I guess it depends on your perspective. You know, there are more books being sold now than ever before, unquestionably. Um, but it is a different landscape. Um, you know, the biggest difference being the bookstores were once the gatekeepers of the book selling world and they are no longer, of course, um, Amazon is primarily not exclusively, but primarily. So I, I guess it just depends on your perspective. Some would say that now is the golden age. I would probably say that, uh, when bookstores were alive and well was at least from my perspective was the golden age. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I probably would have said that the publishers were the gatekeepers. Mm. Well, yes and no. Um, you know, it was the bookstores who decided what was going to get on the shelf. Yeah. And it was the bookstores who decided what was going to be placed in the front of the store, which books were going to be, you know, sideways on the bookshelf, which ones were face out. Mm. So they really did. Um, they had a lot of a power, I guess you would say. And they, they were also on the front lines with the customers. So a lot of times bookstores could tell us, the publishers, what was working, what was not working. Sometimes they would have some of the best ideas because, you know, they're the ones interacting with the customers. So um, in that way, publishers are not the gatekeepers. And I would say even today, even more so because there's a lot of other ways to publish a book now than there used to be. You do not necessarily have to use a book publisher anymore. You can do it on your own. Yeah, interesting. So you mentioned that that when you were making those phone calls, there were twenty to 30,000 bookstores. How many are there now? Mm, um, man, I don't have an exact count. But there, there's less than 5,000. Um, 
but you know a lot of those are, are, are may not actually be bookstores per se they might be gift shops or you know similar stores that carry books um, and some of this some of the independent stores are very small um, and um, so you know we only have a couple of big chains left Barnes and Noble um, there are some books a million stores left um, but you know as far as the big chains go those are primarily gone also yeah it's been it's it's certainly been an interesting experience and yeah. for me just casually for you this is this is certainly what you do so you mentioned that there are more books being sold today than ever before mm-hmm. yes significantly more and since the pandemic um, a, a, a significant increase you could probably say a huge increase in book sales since February 2020 um, so and I you know I think you can there's several reasons for that number one people just have more time at home than they used to they're not going out as much so they're reading more and I think for a lot of people the last couple of years has been a huge transition and a huge challenge and a lot of times people will turn to books for help when trying to figure out their problems trying to figure out their future so um, and and the third reason is children have been at home a lot more so children's books juvenile books books for kids they have skyrocketed in in, in sales over the last two years well I'm certainly glad to hear that <laughs> Just, uh, honestly I think that that's 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 certainly a positive thing for sure how have how have podcasts impacted affected books yeah that's a great question up in a pretty significant way i would say um back in quote unquote the day it was all tv and radio um and you were somewhat limited because there were only so many radio programs and they tended to be more i guess generic in nature whereas today's podcasts are more niche so and books are niche so if you know if if you have written and published a book let's say a, a business book for example, in that category where there's a lot of podcasts that cater to business people, right? So in that way, podcasts, I would say, are one of the leading um, vehicles for authors to talk about their books and get the word out on their books. So um, it's definitely been, it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. We've certainly had, I don't even know, hundreds of authors probably, certainly on, on, on the show. And it's been a really neat experience just to be able to yeah. learn about their motivation for writing the book and to learn about their process for writing and, and, and all that good stuff. And now I, I, I want to learn a lot about what it is that you're doing now. <clears throat> Pardon me. But I also want to learn about moving forward as, 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 as you're reading the tea leaves when we have things like, like NFTs and just the world seems to be changing faster and faster and faster. What you see as the future of, of book publishing. Okay. Yeah, it's the Wild West for sure. Um, But, you know, it's interesting. Um, I've been asked this question or similar question for about 15 years or so, maybe even longer when when the ebook came out. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, um, not a heck of a lot has changed. You know, there are ebooks, there are audio books. you know, one of the one of the changes in audiobooks soon will be that they they won't the narrators won't be real live voices anymore. The technology is I understand about twelve to twenty four months away from the voices being completely uh, what would you call them? Well, they're bots, <laughs> but you you can hardly tell the difference. Or you can't tell the difference at all. Hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's this that still sells. It's the print book and the old fashioned paper you know bound print book. 
80 to 90% of our sales are still print books. It's not ebooks, it's not audiobooks, it's still print. So whatever the future holds for book publishing, I can guarantee you at the end of the day, it's the end result is going to be books that are printed and bound in paper. And that's, um, that's what people like to read. So um, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of things that are gonna happen and probably a lot of unpredictable things, but I can guarantee you at the end of the day, it's uh, just the old fashioned print paper books that people are gonna be reading. Yeah going to be around for a little while longer anyway so i think so i think so yeah <laughs> good enough um so you are and have been now since you started making those phone calls however many years ago that was and now i'm sure that you've been involved with writing tons of books and you've published tons of books for somebody that says you know tom i've been thinking about writing my own book what 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 is your advice to them? Mm -hmm. Good question. Another question I'm asked frequently. <laughs> um, I, I, number one, I'd get some help. Find some, find somebody with real experience to help you with the process. Don't try to do it on your own. We do live in a, an age of you know DIY, do it yourself, right? Um, but I advise people not to do that. Find somebody who really understands what they're doing. Um, and secondly, you got to think about the reader when you write, you have to think about your audience. Oftentimes writers end up writing to themselves, not to the reader. Um, readers read books, in my opinion, for two reasons to, to solve a problem or to escape a problem. That's why fiction is so popular. It's an escape. It's like going to the movies. Um, but a lot of us turn to books to fix things in our lives. So you have to think about the problem or problems the reader is experiencing and then write it in such a way that they're going to uh, th they're going to be able to fix or somehow solve their problem. A lot of people write books about their own stories, their own life experiences, which is good. But you have to make sure to um, to extend that and not just tell your story, but tell it in a way that the reader is going to um, uh, find ways to to use your story to improve their life. Nice. I appreciate that. Can anybody write a book? Do I need to have a background writing? Uh, I would say no. Uh, it's like it's like asking, can anybody paint a painting? Well, I guess anybody could. Um, I don't know that anybody, just anybody could write a good book. Um, that being said, everybody can try. Maybe everybody should try. There certainly are many examples of, of best-selling books that were written by folks who never wrote before or didn't, you know, write much before. So um, I, I guess some encouragement and some discouragement. Um, I think perspective is important. You know, um, I get, you know, sometimes authors will tell me their book is going to sell a million copies and um, it might, but you got to watch your, your, your perspective and your expectations on that. Keep them realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. It'd be awesome for everybody if they did Wouldn't sell a million done. copies. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about um, why people are writing books these days, the kind of books that you are helping people to write, and then how you set proper expectations. Mm -hmm. um, again, most, most of the time, authors, writers are writing out of their own life experiences. And um, I think some of that is almost therapeutic. It is therapeutic, actually, to mm -hmm. write about your life experiences. Um, that's the primary reason why why you know people write books, um, and uh, usually they've overcome something, right? They're on the 
the the backside or yeah they're on the backside the back end of what they they struggled with or maybe they're in the middle of a struggle you know I don't know but um, that's the primarily you know primary reason why why people write books they want to tell their story and and it's a good reason it's a great reason again you have to make sure to tell it in such a way that the reader um, is helped by it but um, you know that's that's most of the time that's why people come to me and ask me for their help in writing and publishing their book. And so you say, great, this is a, you, you have an amazing story. I think that'll really resonate with people. How, how do you then kind of, kind of walk me through those steps? It's, I'm sure it's setting a timeline. It's figuring out, um, like how many are we really going to try to sell? How are we walk me through all that? Yeah. You know, the, the average book today sells between two and 3000 copies so that's average. You know, a lot of books don't even sell that many. Now, some will sell in the tens or hundreds of thousands. Um, I tell authors it's a marathon and not a sprint. There are many occasions when a book doesn't catch on right away. But, you know, a book is always new to somebody who's never read it before. So um, be patient with the process. Um, there, there are many stories of books that didn't sell for years. Man, there's books that didn't sell till after the author passed away before they started to sell well. Mm-hmm. So you have to really keep that, you know, in perspective, unless you're a big name, a celebrity, the, the, the chances that your book is just going to take off immediately are slim to none. Um, so, you know, have patience with it. And um, remember, too, that it's a book. It's all about the words in the book. Right. It's not a coffee mug. It's not a gift item. It's a book. It's a it, so um, it's important to to in some way find a way to get your words out there, whether that's blogging, whether that's social media, whatever that might be. You got to stay out in front of people. And the best way to do that as a writer is to keep on writing and catch people's attention with your words. I think that that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> um, best ways to keep on writing. So does that mean more books? Does that mean starting a blog? Does that mean all those things? Um, yeah, you know, all of those things. I do encourage authors to, to blog or, you know, maybe use social media to blog, you know, if you, whether or not you want to put your words on Facebook or in short form on Twitter or whatnot. But, um, yeah, keep on writing. You know, the more you write, the better you get. So, um, yeah, for sure. Nice. And what is 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 there a typical time that it takes somebody to write a book, the amount of time and then from the time that they engage with you, are people often, do they have a book written? Are they halfway done? Um, you know, it's all of those things. It, it took J.K. Rowling 10 years to write her first Harry Potter book. So hmm. there is no timeline. I would say, though, most of the time our authors take about six months to a year is probably average. Six months is pretty fast. We've actually done them quicker than that. Um, when authors approach me, it's it's one of three things. They're finished with their manuscript and they're ready for it to be edited. They're halfway there. They're somewhere in between or they haven't started at all. And all of those three situations are fine. We kind of like to be involved as early on in the process as possible because we feel like we can add more value to the writing process. And we feel like the book will um, will end up being a better book if we're involved early on in the project. It's not always the case, but that's that's kind of what we prefer. Yeah, I appreciate that. So this is probably a question I should have asked right at the top, but what does what does a publisher do? That's a great question. A publisher, <laughs> they're not a printer, by the way. They don't print books. 
um, and they don't sell books except to the bookstore. They don't sell them directly to the consumer. A, a publisher is a creator of, of an art form, of a book. Publishers um, help authors write and edit good books, right? At the, at the end of the day, well, let me say this. So authors will a- ask me oftentimes, how do I market my book, right? How do I sell my book? My answer is, well, write a good book, <laughs> right? And that's what publishers do. They, they help authors write good books that are going to be marketable. Um, and of course, then, of course, they're, they're involved in designing that book, right? Typesetting that book, essentially creating the product and then managing the distribution of that product to the retail environment, right? Whether that be brick and mortar or online. Um, but primarily, you have to look at it as a book publisher as somebody who understands what makes a book sell. And, um, and then helps the author create that product. Um, it's not as easy or as simple as you might think it is. So like everything else in life, right? It all looks easy, um, but, but it rarely is. So um, I don't know if that helps answer your question, but. No, it does. I, I appreciate that perspective. And if anything, I would think it'd be really, really hard to get a book to sell um, because yeah. you can write the greatest screenplay in the world, the greatest book in the world. You can be the greatest musician in the world, but if nobody ever hears your music or reads your book or is aware that it exists, then then it doesn't really yeah. matter. So it has to be packaged true. correctly. It's true. It's a little harder than music too, because you know a song is what two, three, four mm-hmm. minutes. You know, um, so it doesn't take nearly as much time to capture somebody's attention with a song as with a book, right? You know, for somebody to like your book, they have to spend more than two or three minutes reading it. So uh, it's more challenging, I would say, than, than music is. Do you view yourself as like a partner to the author then? I imagine that they either pay you uh, uh, up front to help you with this or how, how, how does that work? Yeah, so we, we operate in a, a what's called a hybrid model. So it sits between traditional publishing and self-publishing. But essentially authors pay us a fee to help them create, publish, distribute, and sell their book. We do it like a traditional publisher does it we perform or behave the same way as a traditional house but we do not assume all of the risk at least all of the financial risk so um, partnership is a good word um, to use and and hybrid publishers tend to um, give their authors um, or allow their authors to retain most of the rights to their book whereas a traditional publisher does not if you sign with a random house or a penguin you know you're going to be sure they're going to own all the rights to your work um, extended all the way to video, audio, ebook, motion picture rights. Uh, if you publish a book and with, let's say, a random house, and somebody decides to make a movie based on your book, guess who's going to make most of the money? Random house, not the author. We don't do that. We we let the author retain all of their rights to their book, but still help them publish it in a traditional manner. Nice, I love it. Well, Tom, people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have My for them? Making tip. I would say be flexible. If I've learned anything in 30 years of publishing books and as an entrepreneur, it's don't get too stuck on your own ideas. Um, Try to peer around the corner and remain flexible as you continue to build and create and grow. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can they engage with you? Sounds good. Yeah, just visit my website. It's freilingpublishing.com, and that's F-R-E-I-L-I-N-G, freilingpublishing.com, and we'd be happy to chat with anybody and answer any other questions and talk about your book. 
Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Tom your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to frylinkpublishing.com. That's F-R-E-I-L-I-N-G, publishing.com, and take Tom on, up on his offer to uh, explore the process. Thanks again, Tom. Thanks, George. Have a great one. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.